Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. Very happy Tuesday to you, Mzansi. Welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. Hazel Makuzeni is my producer. And Oscar Thomas is driving the desk with... Rob Parkin as the navigator for today. Our contact details are 0892102010. Email otherwise at safm.co.za. Tweets at otherwise safm or at shadow twala. Now, Vangile Makwakwa, personal finance coach, author and speaker, is not a financial advisor. She works with people to decode their money story emotionally and mentally so they can start working with an advisor and start taking practical steps to create the life they deeply want. Today, Vangile Makwako will give us a guide to connecting with the spirit of money and share the laws of money with us. But first... Chew on these wise words. The Lunch Bite on SAFM. And these, these are quotes from my guest... Everything in life can be a blessing or a curse, depending on how you look at it. Change the way you look at the problem, and you change the problem itself. It is the same with money. Change the way you think and feel about money, and you change your relationship with money and your behavior with money. By Vangile Magwagwa. Aha, uh-huh, that's what we're doing. We're talking money today with Vangile Makwakwa, who's a personal finance coach, author, and speaker. She joins me now on the phone. Hello, Vangile. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Shadow. I just thought somebody may think we're running for American president's seat there with that song because it takes us back to Donald Trump, doesn't it? <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> no, he had this TV show. Anyway, all about money as well, business. But tell me, you've been away. Welcome home, and I'm not too sure how long you're home for. Um, I'm home until the 9th of October, so anywhere between the 8th and the 9th of October. What's taking you away from us so much? Um, Actually, I just decided to go traveling again. So at the end of last year, I became debt-free finally (gasps) for the first time in my adult life, which means that I don't owe anyone except my mortgage. So I decided to rent out my flat, but my car is fully paid. Everything that I own is fully paid. I don't have credit cards. I don't have anything. So I figured it's a good time to go traveling. But now instead of running away from my issues, to just go with the intent of connecting with similar beings and just having incredible conversations with other people around the world. Now, Vangila, I don't think there are too many people in this country, in fact, on this on this continent, that can say what you've just told me, that you are debt-free. Yes, I am. <laughs> After how long? How long did it take you? Um, it took me four years. I mean, I also, my loans were in U.S. dollars, so $60,000 in debt because I'd lived in the States, so it was about paying off those loans and credit cards, etc. And I was earning in rands, but I did it in four years, so I'm pretty proud. And in the process, I was also able to buy my own property in a strand, in the strand in the Western <laughs> Cape. So I'm, I'm actually very happy. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank I can't you. say how all of us envy you, <laughs> but I'm hoping then you can walk us through uh, your journey until we get to being debt-free ourselves, right? Yes. Is yes. it possible? 
Yes, no, totally possible. Where do we begin? Hmm. Where do we begin? Okay, so one of I can only tell you some of the things that I did. So Shadow, as you know, when you met me, I was um, I just launched my book, mm-hmm. a, a Heart, Mind, and Money Using Emotional Intelligence for Financial Success. Mm-hmm. Well, since then. I, a huge part of the work that I did for me was to stop reacting emotionally to money because I could see how when I'm really scared of money or when I'm feeling panicked or desperate, I made just totally different financial decisions to when I was calm. So then over the years, and especially last year and this year, my work has really evolved to looking at a lot of what Carl Jung did, Carl Jung or Young, I don't mm-hmm. know if people have different ways of pronouncing his name, but really what he spoke about in terms of the multiple personalities that we all have and our shadow selves. So what I started looking at is how, what if everything, because I feel that the way that we react to things as people is we tend to give them human qualities. So this is why we have all these emotions towards money, because even though money isn't a human being, we call it, we say money is the root of all evil or Mm. money is evil or anything like that. But money is just really a piece of paper. If you had to ask money to commit an evil act and say, money, get up and shoot someone, (laughs) money couldn't do that. And yet in our heads, money is capable of that. So I started to realize that we've attached human qualities qualities to money. And I started off in my work really talking about if money was a lover, how would you react to, uh, Mm. what would your relationship look like and how would you be reacting to money to now the work where I'm at is really starting to get people to go deeper and using a lot of visualization uh, tactics and also taking a lot of what I've learned from what hypnotherapists use when they work with the subconscious mind. Okay, let me stop you there a bit because I really want us to get this because it, it, it is a huge leap to dehumanize the, the, the qualities that we've given to money, as you, as you said. You know, dehumanize a piece of paper because we've made it occupy such a huge uh, chunk of our lives in everything we do that it really does become this animal that we actually don't want to be dealing with every morning. We actually don't want to be dealing with it. In fact, any any day at all, except for payday when you really want to go and spoil yourself a little, then you see it differently. Or maybe you see it as something that you, you're beating up to submission. Yes. But uh, how do we do that? I, I want us to suspend another two, two minutes on this and how we start thinking about it in, in, in the way that you say ought to be positive. You mentioned that if, if money was your lover, I don't know, I'd probably kill it in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How do we gain that love relationship and that the beautiful emotional feeling with it again? Yes, so what I decided was to say, okay, maybe what I'm asking people to do is is look at money in a very calm way is too far of a leap Mm -hmm. for most of us, Mm -hmm. and even for me sometimes, you know. So I decided to, to start doing a lot of work, and the only way that I can explain this, because I don't know any other people that are doing this and coaches and experts, is I'm looking at money in terms of a 
spirit. So I decided to start working with my spirit guides or guardian angels or ancestors, whatever works for you. Mm. And what I'm, what I've started doing now is teaching people to go in and look into their subconscious mind and start questioning the mind and asking the mind to show them the spirit of money. Mm. And the spirit of money for all of us is going to be very different. I mean, I get people emailing me saying that the spirit of money for them is their dead grandfather, mm. you know, mm. or some people are saying that, oh, it's, it's a woman, a Native American woman they've never met or whatever. But we all have this image. The subconscious mind has created a person and a personality around money. So the best way to access that, i found, is to get people to regress into their subconscious mind, meet the spirit of money, and then we can start to almost analyze this spirit and the personality of that thing. And from there, they can start to see how they are reacting to just the mere personality or the spirit that the subconscious mind has created around money. And from there, we can start to change the emotions and the beliefs that we hold around money into something more positive rather than this entire negative emotion that we have around money. And to be honest, most people see money as a monster at first mm, when we get started mm. oh as a tyrant it's just there's so much stuff that we hold around money and so that's why for most of us we want to invest we want to save we want to spend less when it comes to money but there's always this thing that holds us back so it feels almost like well, what I'm calling now schizophrenic when it comes to money in that we're actually having these multiple personalities around money and it's making it very very difficult for us to connect with money in a very emotional manner in a different manner so in a positive manner not emotional manner but in a positive manner which is actually influencing our behavior with money so even though I want to invest money Imagine if I think money is this horrible dictator of my life because mm. it's never around. Or as one of my friends says, it's like the lover that's constantly cheating on you <laughs> and just never shows up. I mean, would you want a lover that cheats on you all the time or beats you up or just lies to you to just be in your space? Very few people are willing to have a relationship with that kind of person. And even if we are in a relationship with such an entity or person, when never going to be fully present, right? We're going to not trust that person 100%. We'll keep ourselves protected in some way. And for most of us, the way that we can protect ourselves when we have that kind of image of money and we feel distrust towards money is to just never have money around because, mm. well, that mm. is just way easier than having to deal with this thing that's always in our space and can't be trusted. Now, you spoke about, oh gosh, I'm so happy to have met you. You spoke about the work that you, you need to do when having to go inside yourself and, and connect with spirit, uh, which is the money spirit, and regardless of what personality comes out. But how long does that work take, and what form, what form does it come in? Are we talking about maybe um, a, a quiet time with yourself every morning, every evening? Does it come with some sort of meditation? How, how, how does that work happen when you do eventually, that leads you to getting your money, the spirit of money connected with you? 
Okay, so it can take, I always say to people, the work takes as long as it takes. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to do it all day long, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that you may have to go in. Basically, the work that I'm doing is what I'm starting to do right now is to take people deeper into the subconscious mind to mm-hmm. just help them see all the various personalities and deep-rooted beliefs that they have around money, but in a more gentle way, because I really believe that there are some things that we can all talk about money, but there are some things that are so deeply rooted in the subconscious, we can't get to them. So it's almost like meditation. You just do it as often as possible. So I would say to people, try to do it once a day when you have time. And okay. I'll do a guided meditation with you All right. to just talk okay. about how you can do that. Stay with me, Vangila. I can't wait to do this. <laughs> Stay with me. We'll be back talking with Vangila Makwako after this. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, putting the ladies in the limelight. Putting the ladies in the limelight. Well, Vangil is in the limelight right now. She's our personal finance coach and author and speaker, and she talks to us about connecting with the spirit of money. Now, Vangil, just before we took the break, you were telling me that it, it, it's something that you do, as I suppose you would meditate every day, as I suppose one would pray every day, but you service it as as something that you care for, as, as, as watering your plant on, on a daily basis. Yes, and for me, the way that I look at it is I really believe it's a healing. It's about understanding me because it's about meeting parts of myself that I don't even understand because they are so deeply rooted in my subconscious, mm-hmm. and I don't know how long I've held on to those beliefs. So it's about really clearing the beliefs and starting to get the mind to question itself and question why we're, think we're holding on to these beliefs so that we can let them go. Because, And I always say to people that it really is true what law of attraction teachers teach about the fact that everything starts with a thought. Because if I hold on to the thought that money is the root of all evil, how do I feel about money in that case? I'm obviously not jumping for joy and saying, hell yeah, I want more money in my life, and mm-hmm. I'm not willing to be, oh, yes, I think I'm going to hoard money because in my head, if money is the root of all evil, why would very few people in the world would want to hoard something that's evil, Mm. you know? Mm. So that explains why most of us are actively blocking money on a subconscious level. And the way that we do that is we start creating ways to self-sabotage ourselves or to stop money from flowing into our lives. And we start, and sometimes we even subconsciously limit ourselves and say things like, well, I don't want to be too wealthy. I just think it's okay if as, as long as I have enough, as long as I have money to pay for food and I have the clothes on my back, then we turn around and we wonder, why do I still have these car loans? Why am I still bogged down by clothing accounts and all these things? Well, that's because what you've actually been telling yourself for years is that it's okay it's okay to have this limited amount of income flowing through and that money is the root of all evil. So in subconsciously what you've done is by creating money as the root of all evil and seeing money as the root of all evil, you've actually started to say, well, the lack of money in some ways is virtuous. So for you to gain your virtue would mean to have 
to limit the number, the amount of money in your life. So you send out that energy, really, that, you know, you're not about money. And, of course, the universe works with you and keeps it away from you. Yes. And better yet, I would say even for people that don't, un- that don't understand this concept of energy and the universe, you work with you because you're so powerful. The subconscious mind is so powerful that it actually works with what you tell it. You are instructing it. And you're creating all these beliefs on a daily basis around that, which then bring up certain emotions around money. And emotions are such a powerful driver. Psychologists will tell you that our emotions have the power to impact our behavior. Now, Vangile, you know, I want to hold that, that thought as well, because this is important that you repeat and, and, and talk a bit around it. Our words uh, that we say and utter daily around money, because when somebody asks you for something and you say, "Oh, I don't have money," and, and yet you do, um, is, is that is that a way of, of of also sabotaging yourself? When you say, "I don't have," "Oh, I can't afford this because I don't have," lamenting about not having money, even when you do have some. Well, I. I believe that most words come from some place deep within us, and that's really the subconscious mind. So that must be a belief that you harbor somewhere Mm. in your subconscious mind, and that's why you're able to speak it. And, yeah, sometimes we say we don't have money because we just don't want people asking us for money, and that's just a whole (laughs) other issue altogether as well. (laughs) Because that also really, there's also, uh, there's also a lot around that, and maybe it's about learning how to create financial barriers where you don't have to say to people, I don't have money, but you can actually say no. I don't uh, I don't want to give you money because of A, B, C, D. Or mm. You can find another way to refuse uh, giving people money if you don't feel that you want to give it to them because you're well within your rights not to be borrowing people or helping people financially. Mm. That's really up to you. But maybe that's also a call for you to look at how do I create financial boundaries around this? Hmm. And we'll get to the laws of money in in a bit. Um, I, I want to make sure that when we find the spirit, we found the spirit to keep it, regardless of the sh- of its shape, and regardless <laughs> of its color. Um, and and you, you you mentioned finding the spirit in whatever form, and connecting an emotion to the spirit that you visit on a daily basis, right? No, not really. What you're going to do is you're going to connect with the spirit of money, the spirit of money as you see it right now. Your subconscious mind will automatically give you a shape or whatever. You don't even have to worry. What if I don't see the spirit? I don't connect with it. The subconscious mind will give you some form. Trust me on this. Okay. Because it has to fill the void when we ask the question. And then what happens is that you're going to start working with the spirit of money and start questioning it. So you can simply ask, what, what is it, oh, where do you originate from, Why do, how, how is it that I see you in this way, and how are you impacting my ability to grow? So basically what it is is you're questioning parts of your subconscious mind, mm-hmm. but right now we're seeing those parts as a spirit. I don't know if that makes sense at all. But then from there, 
the spirit of money can actually change. You, the way that you see it can change because remember the subconscious mind is so amazing. It's capable of replacing that image on a daily basis. Like when I started off doing this meditation and just listening to the guidance that was coming from within me as to how I should do it, what would happen was that the spirit first came up as one thing and literally as like this sort of clown. It was really, really weird and not very exciting. And then over time, the image has changed. And I think right now my spirit of money is more like an awesome Denzel Washington lookalike. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I want to have conversations with someone that looks like Denzel Washington. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so it will change because your subconscious mind is changing how the personality of money looks like for you or feels like for you. So it but, starts, it, it looks appealing. It's something that you love to look at all the time and, yes. and engage with all the time. Yes. And over time, it will change. I'm pretty sure even the Denzel lookalike will change in time. And... Also, the, but the most important thing when we do the meditation is, and I'll keep t- uh, bringing people back to this, is how does your body feel? Because your body is your map, especially when it comes to emotions. You can use your body to guide you as to where you're going emotionally. And so, your senses, I suppose, as well. Yes, yes, it does. So mm. your body, because whenever we feel an emotion, If you think of the emotion of sadness, most of us will feel it in our throat, right? And fear will feel it in our stomach because most of the time we can, uh, the emotions are expressed in the body. But what's happened with most of us is we've learned to disconnect the mind and the body so totally that we can actually say, I don't know what I'm feeling. In which case I can say to people, if you don't know what you're feeling, Always focus on what is your body doing because... Hold that thought, hold that thought, hold that thought. News headlines are so utilisable. Thanks, Shadow. Good afternoon. Eight former policemen charged with the murder of Mozambican Midumasia have been convicted of murder. The ANC has called on the Board of Prasa and the Minister of Transport to urgently consider the report issued and put it put in place a process to ascertain the veracity of the allegations. And South Africa's economy has contracted by 1.3% in the second quarter of 2015. Details at 2 o'clock. Otherwise, with Shadow Twala, see the world from a woman's point of view. Well, my point of view is if Vangile Makwakwa can be debt-free, after how long, Vangile? After four years. Four years, all of us can do it. And this is why I've invited you here, Vangelia, to help us, to take us along with you. And because all of us don't want these credit cards and the burden. And through spirit, I hope we can do it. But we're talking about, and I want to go through that meditation in a bit. But we were talking about how, how your body is, is, is important to, to, you know, to, to, as a sign, I suppose, that tells you how you feel when you go into meet your, 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 the spirit of money. 
Yes, no, totally. The body is an absolute map for us. So for me in particular, just saying that like fear is in the stomach, and I know for most people that's also true. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that I started doing, because when I started off like like about four years ago, I would say even in in 2010, for me the reason why I started doing the work that I do and started researching, even though I'm a finance graduate, I realized that Actually, this just knowing the practical laws of finance and just understanding how finance works isn't enough because there's the me factor that I have to take into account, mm-hmm. the emotional side, because I'd already started having panic attacks every time I handled money. And I thought, this, like, I can't live my life like that. There's mm-hmm. no way that I'm ever not going to handle money. Mm-hmm. And for me to be having panic attacks at the mere handling of money or whenever I have to go withdraw money from the bank isn't serving me in any way. Mm -hmm. So then what I started doing was to just focus on my emotions around money. And sometimes the emotions were so overwhelming, I just didn't know what was going on because Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of a panic attack. So then I just would focus on my breathing and just start focusing on what was going on within my body because Mm. that was something that was tangible. I could go, okay, my throat has a lump in it, which would happen often to me. So I'd be like, I have a lump in my throat or my stomach. It's like I just want to throw up. And just by focusing on those emotions within my body, Mm. I was able to then calm myself down and then start to focus on what are these emotions really because sometimes I think that, I would just assume the emotion was fear. And what I learned, um, like one day when I was doing this exercise, was the realization that what I'd always thought was fear and anxiety was actually deep shame. And that allowed me, once I started to notice what the emotion was, I could sit with it and start to question its origin and the underlying belief that was that was causing the shame around money. And from there, once I was able to... Uh, declutter or basically unpack the belief that was causing the shame, the shame would disappear and that would allow me to take to make different financial behaviors around money because for me one of the major things was this shame that oh my god you've got this uh, finance degree from UCT and you have an MBA from Boston and yet you still can't handle your finances. There was so much shame around that because I really believed that my education, uh, my educational qualifications meant that I should be amazing when it came to my personal finances. And that's not true because your personal finances come with you. And what they don't factor in when you're in grad school or when you're doing your finance degree is the fact that we are really not that rational. We are very emotional beings, and our emotions play a key role when it comes to decision-making. Wow. Wow. Do you know, you talk about that shame and how deep-seated the, our relationship with money is. It makes me think that when, how much does poverty uh, have to do with it? Our past history and, and our current poverty situation has, has to do with the way we treat money and how in debt we are in this country. 
Well, I definitely, here's my take on it, and this is just my theory based on the work that I've been doing around emotions. I truly believe that in South Africa, because of our history, we have been taught that we don't, a lot of us still carry that baggage. And even when I look at my parents' generation, that belief that we are not worthy or that we are just not that smart, that Mm. intelligent, we are less than Mm. We're just less than, basically. Mm. And what's happened is I think that most of us are using money and um, material possessions to prove that that is not true. Mm. We are somebodies. We are more than what we've been taught. So basically we're saying to people, respect me because I drive this fancy car, Mm. because I live in this neighborhood, because I have ABCD. So there is this pressure to prove our self-worth and our worthiness through the possessions that we have, which means taking on more debt. Mm-hmm. And getting and becoming more indebted so that we can hold on to these possessions because they reflect so much of who we are. Mm-hmm. And that is actually holding us back because who would we be as people if we no longer had to prove anything? And this was a journey that I had to undertake myself because there was so much, and I kid you not, Shadow, there was so much self-hatred and that belief that there is no way as a black woman that I would be able to create the life that I wanted, that that was not within my stars and was not something that was meant for me. And it was having to go deep and face that part of myself, face that belief, question it, let it go. And I think that's what part of the deep shame was coming from, was mm-hmm. that I had to get all these educational qualifications and all these academic accolades to prove that I was someone, you know, not understanding that just by the mere fact that I exist, I am someone, I am something, you know, and that in itself means something. And it was, um, and only I could give my respect, only I could give me respect, and only I could give me approval. So looking for approval from family by showing how much I earn or what I drive, what house I live in, actually wouldn't ever satiate me because it's a bottomless pit. So, yes, you get this expensive car, and, yes, you get this expensive house, but the pit is bottomless because Mm, there will always be someone that doesn't approve of you. So am I now going to go get the jet, go do A, B, C, D, (laughs) things that I don't even want, go get things that I don't even like just to show people that, listen, I am someone, I deserve your respect. No. Vangile, stay on again, please. Hold on. Oh, gosh, we're going to run out of time soon. <laughs> but but we, we'll, we'll get to the laws of money after this. Some things come naturally to SAFM, SAFM. like being SA's news and information, information leader. leader. SAFM, 104 to 107. Vangili Makwakwa is my guest, and we're talking money, but we're talking about something deeper than that, connecting with the spirit of money. We've only got about 10 minutes left, Vangile, believe it or not. And wow. I just wanted you... No, the thing is, you give us so much, and I just wanted us to get everything. So the laws of money, are we going to be able to cover them in 10 minutes, or can we just continue on the spirit and maybe invite you again before you leave to talk about the laws of money? Mm, I think we can talk about the okay, laws of let's money. Talk about the I laws mean, of I would money. have loved to do the guided meditation, but people can come to my workshop on Sunday for that. 
Okay. Yes. How long is a guided meditation? Um, the guided meditation is about 15 minutes. Oh, okay. I so think we're not going to do it. The laws. Okay. So let's talk about the laws of money. What are we talking about here? Okay. So we're talking about the first law of money is really having a clearly defined vision mm-hmm. for your life. So most of us say that we want money. Yes, we want money, but how much money do you uh, do you want to be able to live the lifestyle that you want to live? Mm-hmm. Do you know how much the lifestyle you want to live will cost on an annual basis mm-hmm. or even for the next five years in total? And also, is this your vision or someone else's vision? Because most most often, the reason why we don't feel connected to a vision is because it's someone else's vision. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of half excited about it but when we're fully excited about a vision it's almost like that thing when you're like oh my god i'm going to this event you invest your entire being into making the event happen Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and getting there so it's the same thing with our vision we want that excitement and you want to be very clear on how much money you need to get this to make this vision a reality and then the next thing is as soon as you have the vision Understand what are the actions that you're going to take to create that income, to create that money that you need to fulfill this vision. Okay. So, and again, I say to, I always say this whenever I'm speaking anywhere. I always tell people that remember that our visions are different and it's going to take a a different amount of money to have the house in Camps Bay versus to have the heart in Bali. These are two totally different, and that's totally okay. You know, if your thing, and I must say, like, for me, the little heart in Bali is, like, amazing, mm. you know. <laughs> so that will take a whole different kind of, um, that will require different amounts than for the house in Camp Space. So and of how course, are different you going to make that money? Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, different actions, yes. Yes. So, again, different actions. So if you want a million rand versus to – if you want a million rand a year versus to um, wanting a 100,000 rand a year, the actions you're going to take to make that a reality are totally different. Mm. So the action that you have in mind must be aligned with the vision itself, with the financial vision. So most of us have these amazing goals. We want to live in these amazing houses, and yet our income is this, but we're willing to take, we choose to take on debt just to have that vision, whereas sitting down and thinking about ways to increase the income to match the vision would be so much easier and so much less stressful for us in Mm -hmm. the future. Mm -hmm. And then the next step is also to stop reacting emotionally to money. And this really is a critical law for me because it's really what most of my work centers around is this idea of to make to stop making money the villain because the minute you make money the villain you're going to start reacting negatively to money no one likes a villain so the minute money becomes your enemy you will treat it as the enemy mm. and in return your bank account will reflect this so the other thing is to utilize all your available resources So for most of us, and I was just talking to a friend on Sunday where I was explaining that her products 
are where money is. So even though she was complaining that money isn't flowing in, I was saying, but you do have money. The product that your company produces, because she's, uh, she's an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. is the money itself. So understanding that you can use all your available resources to help you get to the next level, that most of us always think that we need money to get to the next level. And often, I swear, like often the things that I do, I, ne- I don't always have the budget to make it happen, but I actually do because I have the resources to make it all happen. So you can use your human resources, which are the people in your space. You can use your networks. You can sell off certain things. When I decided to travel, it's about renting out the apartments so that the money that I would pay towards the mortgage would now go towards funding travels instead of me having to sell off my investments and Mm, stop investing mm, in retirement and mm. all that. So we can utilize our resources to help us achieve the life that we want and for us to create the income that we desire. Vangile, oh my goodness, okay. <laughs> uh, I, want, I want people to find you after this program because I know they have a lot of questions that uh, they would need to ask and, of course, find out more about your work that you do and how you also use Skype, right, yes. to, to do the talks and, and the coaching. So please give us all the platforms we can find you at. Okay, so people can find me on my website, wealthy-money.com, mm-hmm. and just press on the contact button and just send me an email. I'll get back to you. And I am hosting a workshop this Sunday going more in-depth around what I've discussed. And, mm-hmm. yes, I'll be having a very long guided meditation on connecting with the spirit in money and really connecting with the divinity within the spirit of money, so connecting with the divine and money. So people can email me around that as well. Where, where on Sunday, Vangelis? Uh, it's in Santon. Mm-hmm. It's at the at Rustica Guest Lodge. Mm-hmm. So I have limited tickets. I have limited space. So people should really email me, and I'll discuss with them on how to get involved in that workshop. It's pretty affordable. It's only a five hundred rand investment because mm-hmm. I just love love what I do. So. I'm looking forward to this. And I also have teleclasses. So I have three teleclasses every other week. The next one is on Monday at 7 p.m. South African time. So, again, people will have to sign up on my website. So you have to sign up to the mailing list, and you'll get access to that. Or you can just go to wealthy-money.com forward slash teleclasses, and you can sign up instantly to get messages and instructions on how to join that teleclass and this month's uh, this week's teleclass the next teleclass i'm talking about healing your money shadows so i'm talking a lot about (laughs) shadow work so talking more in depth about carl jung's work and people can also connect with me on twitter at vangile makwakwa and also on instagram so again my uh, username on instagram is vangile makwakwa I thank you so much for your time because I know how busy you are. <laughs> and can, can we catch up when you come back? Yes, I'm coming back um, only in December. So I'll be back in South Africa the 22nd of December. I'm going to Goa and maybe Sri Lanka 
if I have time or else I'll be going to Sri Lanka in January because I live in a different country for three months right now. So I'll be living, I'll be in Goa or Sri Lanka for about two and a half months. That's the beauty of being dead free, hey? You can live anywhere you want. Oh, I want your life and I'm going to get it. I'm going to find you and get it. Thank you so much, darling. All the best. I can wait till December to talk to you again, but all the best for Sunday and good luck with everything you do. Okay. Thank you so much, Shadow. It's been amazing. Big hug. Okay. Take you care. too. Bye-bye. Bye. Vangile Makoko, how dynamic is that? Wealthy-money.com is her website. And go and register for anything you want if it's only about asking, if only to ask questions about what you heard tonight, which is connecting with the spirit of money. That I thought was the most important conversation ever because you can have all the defined, defined vision and, and actions to create that vision and, and, you know, all the things we spoke about. But if that basic guide to the spirit of money doesn't exist. I don't think we can be debt-free. Let's do this, South Africa. I'm sure we can. It is now time for Shop Shop.